Hey everybody, just a quick show note. Dennis is on this week's episode of Werewolf Ambulance. Werewolf Ambulance is the horror movie podcast co-hosted by our friend Alan. Alan does the music for Best Friend Simulator, and he was on our music episode. Uh, Alan and Katie host it, and uh, this week they're talking with me about Shaun of the Dead, one of my favorite horror movies. So uh, go ahead, give it a download. Just go ahead and subscribe to Werewolf Ambulance. It's a great podcast. We love it, and we love Alan and Katie. Thanks. Welcome to Best Friend Simulator, a quality hangout in podcast form with your simulated best friends, Josh and Dennis. Hey Josh. Hey Dennis. What do you think Meatloaf wouldn't do like what was the one thing he wouldn't do for love Um, he would do anything for love but he wouldn't do that i know what it is and actually Um, i think i I brought on a special guest i'm gonna kick it to to answer that question with us is jamie my life partner hi you brought jamie on just hi jamie you brought jamie on just to answer meatloaf questions i anticipated you were going to ask this question. Jamie, what is the thing that Meatloaf wouldn't do for love? I, you're just going to put me on the spot. Do you typically not tell your guests what they're going to be talking about? Is that no, it's that's just, part of this? Is like a fun... You and I have yeah. discussed this. No, we haven't. Have yeah, we? we have. Well, I don't listen to like probably half of what comes out of your mouth. <laughs> We're learning so much. Because there's a lot. There's like a lot. I'm I'm thinking about this right now and I'm wondering if I should just not be on this episode, you right. guys. I think I should probably just be talking to Dennis. You're gonna gang up on me. It's butt stuff. Oh, yeah. He, I thought it was. He won't get pegged. Cheating. The dishes. <laughs> I take that, men. Dudes. <laughs> <laughs> not all men. Yeah, don't put, do put dishes. Put the dishes in his butt. Wait, what? Put the yeah. Yeah. So I think there was a period of time where the listeners were probably like, oh, that poor Jamie, she has to deal with this. But you're talking about putting dishes in the butt. So apparently you're both on the same page. Ten years strong. We share a brain at this point. Both on the same page. Butt page. I'm going to stick with cheating. But but Wait, but why would you cheat on someone for love? Like, I love you so much, I need you to cheat on me? Yeah. No, no, no. He Boom. needs love so much. To- You're off the podcast. <laughs> That's not a- I can't be. My name is on the logo, literally. <laughs> I'll change it. No, he needs love so bad that he goes and gets it with somebody else. I think... I'm looking at the lyrics. I'm looking at the lyrics. Okay. I think he's just... He doesn't want to get stuff up his butt, which is a crime because... Right. That's he's a sensitive area. Out. You could really... That's a crime? Yeah, he's missing yeah. out on a lot it's- of pleasure. Oh, it does say butt stuff. See? Does it say that in parentheses in the lyrics? Butt stuff. It says, would you hose me down with holy water if I get too hot in the butt? (laughs) There you go. Hey, I don't write these. I don't write Meat Loves lyrics. So what's going on, you two? Not much. This is Best Friend Simulator. Oh, yeah. yeah, Do we need to say that at the beginning of every episode? I feel like we have to, even though our robot says it for us. I mean, you usually forget. Ah. I don't know. I don't want to be that band who, like, they're playing and halfway through the set, you're like, wait a minute, this isn't Cox Bar? That happened to me once. (laughs) 
I'd never seen a picture of Coxbar in my entire life, and if I had, I hadn't seen one in when they were in their fifties. So this band was playing. I'm like, this could be Coxbar, and then I was like, I haven't, I don't recognize one song. I think like four songs, and I was like, no, this isn't Coxbar. It's different old guys. It, no, it was the guy from the Dropkick Murphys' other band, like the, Oof. like the, <laughs> the, the. I don't know, the boot boys or whatever. Flogging Molly? That's not... Th- th- mm. You're just saying names of bands. That's Irish. Yeah. Dropkick Murphys aren't Irish? I mean, they- I mean, not from Ireland. Right. Flogging they- Molly are specifically Irish music. I bet they would beat your ass if you said that. Do you? I don't know. Who's, fight- who's gonna fight me? Dropkick Murphys. I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> now I'm looking up Dropkick Murphys. What is this, just an all-research show? It. Come on, we have a show to do here. Can you make some Super. Irish research music? <laughs> or it's just the beer commercial song. There you like, go. We can have those, like, the, the flutes. The, is that a fife? What is that? Can, can it just be the theme song from Sons of Anarchy in the season when they go to Ireland? Oh, that whole... That show is so embarrassing, but that season in particular was... That was, that was a rough... I don't know. I, th- I watched every fucking minute of that I show. I did too. Why? It was, I don't know, it was captivating. I know. So what do you guys got? What do you mean? What's going on? What do you got? Give it what to me. What do we got? Give it to me. Just chilling. We're, we're set up here. Ready to go. Podcasting. Anything you want to talk about. No, nah, I, I think I'm going to just, I think we're going to cut mean, this episode a little short. I thought we were just hanging out. 20 episodes in. I still got to yeah. coach you through this. <laughs> No, well, uh, we're here for, ooh, should we come up with a a special name for this segment? Since it's not, like, my corner. Oh, do I get my own corner? Oh. Do I get a different corner? Yeah, you you get your own corner. What's my corner? Jen had a spoopy corner, right? Do I get the gross corner? Gross corner? You get the, uh... (laughs) Dead air. Dead air. Professionals. How much of your podcast is this? Not as much as you think. You get... Jamie's Morgellon Manor. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but then I never get to talk about anything else. No, you change I mean, it every episode fine. like I, I do. Oh, okay. Yeah, change it every episode like <laughs> Jackass does. It's great. People love it. I thought you were going to suggest that we have a special segment where Dennis gets to ask me questions about you. Oh, yeah, we could do that, too. Yeah, it's called Dennis's Questions. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. So Jamie is on to talk to us about Morgellons and Morgellon syndrome. But before we... That's our favorite conspiracy theory or whatever paranormal stuffs. Uh, before we get to that, we're going to talk about some nonsense. I'm going to ask Jamie some questions about Josh. I don't have any prepared, but I'm going to wing it. Oh, I'm you kept a- looking down like you had a list. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I do. Uh, excuse me for a second. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, Dennis is preparing a list. I really have to stop keeping paper just balled up in my pocket. It's so inefficient. (laughs) Question number one. Does Josh constantly talk about boners? Yes. All right, done. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Glad I could be here. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. Uh, What was the uh, things you had to... You had a list of things that you had to get Josh to stop saying. Oh, yeah. Well, I just started keeping a list. So Josh and I have been together for about 10 years. So I've I've heard a lot of things. But 
I started keeping a list a while ago of some things that I've had to say out loud to Josh. And okay. sometimes I just have these realizations, like I'll just say something and it'll flow out of my mouth very naturally. And then I'll realize that that's probably not a thing that anyone else has ever said <laughs> to the mm-hmm. person they're in a relationship with. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so, not right. um, I'll leave some Gotta out because uh, I'm the baby. I don't want to get too, you know. That's Jamie, messy. hold on for a second. Jamie, hold on for a second. <laughs> Josh. Yeah. Did, you, did you just make a fucking dinosaurs reference? Yes. Dinosaurs. What are you ABC's doing? dinosaurs. <laughs> Not the mama. Fantastic. And we've come full circle. All right, Jamie, go ahead. Um, wipe that off where you licked all over it. <laughs> uh, you can't pick your nose and wipe it there. This is not our house. What? Oh, come on. <laughs> Please don't rip a huge loud fart here. Please don't play with your knife in bed. <laughs> Please okay. don't put your dick on that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why are you smelling your knife? Come on. <laughs> He's always smelling his knife. Why? They they acquire some smells over time. That's nasty. Oh, Please hold on for a second. out of your nose. Did I ever tell you about when Josh and I were college radio DJs and he found a... He pulled out a screwdriver and he just kept scraping his scalp with it repeatedly. Oh. And like, it was like kicking up some skin dust and he's like smelling it. He's like, oh, this feels so good. And he did it for like 10 minutes. It was insane. <laughs> Do you know that now he likes to take his knife out and scrape, Aww. hit the dry skin on his foot so that it makes this foot dust that comes off with the knife? All right. Well, this has been a good run. <laughs> uh, we made it 20 plus episodes, so time to go. Uh, have, have you ever had just like dry, itchy feet and done that? Nope. It feels amazing. It's the same concept as one of those... Uh, magic eight balls? What's that hand gesture? He's shaking a magic those, eight ball. Those Orangina? <laughs> The the stones it's that you orangina. use to scrape your feet with. <laughs> stones? They sell them. Pumice. Pum- pumice. Pumice. A pumice. Pumice. Pumice stones. Pumice. All right, continue uh, your list. Please don't put your bare ass on the wall. <laughs> please stop magic making. You're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> Is that just flexing? <laughs> no, he does the uh, he does a whole dance. Try. He saw magic make and he got inspired. Uh, please stop talking about the cat's magical vulva. Oh, buddy, that's gross. Please don't show me your chewed up food for the rest of the night. You can <laughs> tell they get off. like increasingly more yeah. desperate. Uh-huh. <laughs> Come on. Please stop winking at me while you're eating cantaloupe. <laughs> it's so weird. Can you please take that box off your head and answer the door? <laughs> and the classic, why did you just fart right next to my breakfast? Um, two things. <laughs> I well, before you say two things, I have I have one thing to say. Okay, you're mm-hmm. d- you're a disgusting individual. <laughs> no, go ahead. Tell me your two things. One, there was one thing uh, you texted me earlier this week and said, "Remember when I had to ask you to stop saying Mark Ruffalo?" Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've had to ask him to stop saying a lot of words because he gets stuck mm-hmm. in a word and he'll just repeat it endlessly. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the words was Putanesca. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got upset about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Mark Ruffalo was another one. He had a whole song that he would do. Mark Ruffalo, Mark, Mark Ruffalo, Mark. Mm-hmm. It was like that, but just endless. I couldn't stop. He's a, uh, he's a special boy. So that's one. Two is contextually, all this stuff made a lot of sense. 
No, no, it didn't. No, nobody believes that for a second. Like nobody. If if you the list, listening public were out there during all this, be like, oh, okay, cool. No, I understand. No. Bless you. You're just as God made you. Mm-hmm. A little broken. <laughs> That's right. Cry about it. Yeah. All right. He's a good guy, and I love him very much. Aww. I love you too. Uh huh. All right. Let, let's kiss on no, the air. I I'm I I quit. <laughs> I'm leaving this. This is getting weird. No, you stay. You watch. Let it happen. Well, my my partner is going to be on the program too. Uh-huh. Hold on for a second. Okay, she's just she's coming now. I expected wrestling paper. <laughs> yep, there we go. No, we have weird doors in this house. Why does she sound like paper? Hi, Alexis. Hi, Dennis. Oh, thanks for having. Have, thanks for being on the show. I love you too. I don't know. We have a hard time talking to mm-hmm. each other. You should leave. I think it's a good idea. <laughs> Go through the leaves entrance. No, your girlfriend sounds like paper. Is she okay? Yeah, that's weird. I, I will say, no. just for Dennis's sake, that Alexis does actually exist. She does, and she's delightful. Yeah. If she, she- listened to this, I could say something to her. <laughs> no. Don't, don't, don't even bother. You can say anything. You're better She'll just sending her a text it. message, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You'll ne- she'll never hear it. She's away. Um, she's in Canada for a while working with Greenpeace. <laughs> She does a lot of good work. <laughs> anyway, I had a question for you guys because we were talking about our neighbors mm-hmm. and I was trying to figure out what, how are Seattle neighbors? Do they talk to each other? Mm. It's a weird mix in Philly where it's like, I feel like if you own a house, neighbors are more willing to chat with you. But in my neighborhood, where it's mostly apartments... The fucking people that rent the apartments won't even make eye contact. And they're not people that are trying to, you know, live under the radar. They're like young people, college students, whatever. But they just won't even say hi. But the people that own houses will say hi. It's very strange. We can't figure out if it's like an older person thing or like a a renter versus buyer thing. But I, what's going on in Seattle there? I think it's... I think the same thing happens here. I will say that we moved a couple of years ago down to the neighborhood we're currently in, and the neighbors are a lot more involved and talkative than they were, but there aren't really apartments in our neighborhood. We're all pretty much renting houses, which I think yeah. might have something mm. to do with that. And just thinking back to past experiences, I think it's true that if you own a house or you seem more invested in the neighborhood, it's like people don't mm. take you as seriously if you're renting. Yeah, like you're just sure. temporary. You're yeah. just coming in and then leaving. And I don't, I like that people talk to each other and do a lot of stuff in the neighborhood because I don't, <laughs> but I like, mm-hmm. I like that people are joiners and I get to be just like adjacent to yeah, joiners. Kind of that, that feels nice for me. Okay. Yeah. It's weird. It's like, I don't, it's not that the, I don't think it's that, that the homeowners here don't talk to the renters. I think it's the other way around. Like the renters feel like they're not going to be here very long or they don't want to like put anything into the community. Well, plus in Seattle, all of your neighbors are Eddie Vedder. Yeah. Oh, you guys do know Eddie Vedder. That goes yeah. a long way. Like, all yeah. of them are Eddie Vedder. It's, it's yeah. a thing here. Who were you trying to say you hung out with last week, Josh? BB. BB. Jeff Bezos. That's right. Which I don't think is true. Believe what you want. None of your neighbors are Jeff Bezos. Well, that's true. Obviously. He lives in the Amazon headquarters. He lives in the dome. Yeah. Yo, what if the second Amazon headquarters is in... Philadelphia, would you guys be able to visit us easy? Yeah, I I think they'll just make like a teleportation device so that Amazon people can go back and forth. And like, we know people who work at Amazon, so we'll probably use that. 
we definitely do. I think we could definitely get in on that. I saw Philadelphia's in the top 20. Yeah, some some uh, smart people said they were in the top three. Ooh. Smart people, huh? I don't think uh, it's going to happen. Have you been to Philadelphia? Nobody wants to build anything here. They want to build a hole and dump everything in it. <laughs> Philadelphia is going to be the headquarters for whatever, wherever garbage island needs to be located once we realize it's taking over the oceans. Philadelphia is a beautiful city, and I won't hear you talking about it that way. I can because I'm from here. It's cool. I know. I miss it. I miss it. Mm. Uh, let me tell you what's been going on. Uh, go Eagles. <laughs> also hate. I, I saw that uh, in anticipation of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles New England Patriots uh, football game, they are Criscoing the poles downtown to prevent people from climbing on them. I love not only how big of a sports fan you are, but how much you pay attention to just a few details. <laughs> They're playing the Minnesota Vikings today. The New England Patriots are not playing the Eagles today. Yeah, well, but they difference. definitely did. They definitely did grease the poles. So that idiots won't climb them in in excitement over an Eagles win. And you're thinking, is that that necessary? Yes. And the answer is absolutely. Because when the Eagle, when the when the Philadelphia Phillies won the World Series, everybody went out to Broad Street, which is the main stretch in Philadelphia. They went out and they lost their minds and somebody climbed up on a street light. Now, this is Philadelphia. So you're in a major city, major street, the street light. When it goes straight up and then over and then the lights down. So you're talking like 20 feet, 30 feet. Dude climbs up, over, is standing on top of the streetlight. There's a video you can find on the internet. As he's on top of the streetlight, losing his mind, somebody chucks a 40 bottle, hits him right in the fucking head, and he <laughs> falls over into the crowd. It was fantastic. Very I, special. I had to walk to work the next morning because I lived in Philadelphia at the time that happened, and I worked downtown, so I had to walk through all of that at, like, 7 o'clock <laughs> in the morning, and people were doing keg stands, and it was just, like, a really crowded bar. I had to smash my way through, like, a solid what? mile of people who had been drinking oh, for, like, 12 hours at that point. Yeah. It was terrifying. Oh. <laughs> so the thing about Philly, for, for people who aren't aware, who haven't spent much time there... Uh, whenever one of the Philadelphia sports teams makes it to a high enough level, be it a playoff, be it a, a championship game, there's going to be a riot whether they win or they lose. Mm, not necessarily a riot. Because when the Phillies w lost the World Series the year after they won, there wasn't a riot. But there was definitely a mass of people. But now, at breaking least shit. two people died, I'm sure. Because that's really any gathering of people in Philadelphia. I don't know how long ago it was, it was maybe like 10 or so years ago, the Vancouver Canucks lost the Stanley Cup playoffs and there was a legit riot, like cars on fire, stabbings, fucking Vancouver. They don't even do that shit in Philadelphia. Nobody got stabbed. Nobody got stabbed. Nobody got stabbed because of that. Somebody got, definitely is getting stabbed as we speak, but <laughs> not because of football. Don't like three or four people die every 4th of July celebration? From... Philadelphia from stabbing no, no, or no. shooting. No, no, no. They die from the bullets that come down because people will inevitably shoot guns into the air. <laughs> yes. Welcome. God damn it. Welcome. Love you, Philly. Yeah. It's a great place. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. I don't have any sports news for you. I'm sorry. Go Seahawks. Nope. Nope. That's, that's not good. 
So, let's get to business, Jamie. You want to tell us why the hell you're here? I mean, what you've brought wow, us. Wow, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what you brought us. Um, well, I brought you a special little thing called Morgellons. And nope. it ties in a little bit with some things that you've been visiting, like gang stalking and some other ideas. When we get into the, what people think are the causes of Morgellons, you'll see a lot of connection with different things that Josh has brought to the table here on your podcast. But it's interesting to me because it's a combination of like old-timey 17th century medicine, current unexplained kind of spooky phenomena, and something that would not exist if we didn't have the internet. Okay, well, I'm hooked. Also, it's kind of gross. Yeah, (laughs) definitely gross. Mm -hmm. We've we've both, I think, looked at a lot of pictures over the last few days. Yeah, I was just thinking about like what kind of watch lists our house is on from all of the Googling and research that happens for this show. And just even when we open YouTube now, like Josh's YouTube is just, it's a, it's an interesting scene. Yeah, I'm sure there's somebody out there or or either somebody from the government or somebody who's trying to sell like paranormal books and they're like, I gotta market it to these two bozos. Yes. Yeah, I definitely get a lot of weird shit like that on the internet. No matter where I'm looking, I get weird ads for ghost hunting equipment and mm-hmm. shit like that. Okay, so what are what exactly are Morgellons? So I'm going to take you through the history of Morgellons a little bit, and right. that will explain what it is, I think, in a more interesting way. So we were just talking about Philadelphia, which you mm-hmm. may or may not know is in Pennsylvania. Tell me more. Facts. So in 2002, in suburban Pennsylvania, there was a two-year-old boy who was suffering from some lesions on his skin and some itchy... There's going to be a lot of rashes and lesions Mm, just throughout my whole talk here. So get ready for that. And he had what could be described as coarse hairs kind of coming through the, the rashes and the lesions. And his mother took him in for treatment and couldn't really get a diagnosis. So the doctors weren't giving her any answers. We're saying he just has like dermatitis or, you know, it's just a rash. So she brought him to a few different doctors and she actually took out the hairs herself and looked at them under a toy microscope to try to see what was going on, which is resourceful. So you got to give it to her. DIY Um, medicine. Yeah. Do it yourself. Little home surgery. Never hurt anybody. Oh, no. That's another thing that Josh does. Oh, no, man. Um, that's we'll a, talk that's about that another, on another episode. episode. <laughs> so she brought the doctor, the, these fibers or hairs into the doctors and asked them to further examine the hairs. And by and large, she was told that she was making it up, that this wasn't a real thing. And they actually told her that she might have Munchausen's by proxy which is a disorder which basically means that you make someone else in your life sick so that you can get attention or get them to go to the doctor and interact with the medical system. So they diagnosed this as delusional parasitosis, which you'll hear me talk about a few times because that's 99% of the time what Morgellons gets diagnosed as. So that's basically just it's a delusion that you're having that you've been infested with some kind of parasite. And it's pretty Hmm. common in paranoid delusions. So what did she do then? His doctors rejected her. She was like, screw the medical system. They're not doing what I want. She started Googling. Have you heard of Googling? 
Oh, it, it only solves all of our problems. Tell of me about. I have. Tell, have you ever Googled any health symptoms or conditions? Yeah. Um, yes. Lately, or I was having crazy headaches. And so I was trying to Google because I thought I had a tumor. Brain cancer. Oh, it's always brain cancer. Everything on Google. Turns out it's not a tumor. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Kindergarten cop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger's. Anyway. Mm-hmm. anyway. <laughs> Schwarzenegger's. So she started typing in all of her son's symptoms, just listing them all out together. And it brought her all the way to France in the 17th century. Wait, hold on. Google's like a time machine? We're going through time. It's the power of the internet. It's the power of the internet. So she learns about this small community in France in the 17th century where a bunch of children had uncontrollable itching and lesions that was so bad that they couldn't sleep and they couldn't eat. And everyone described it as they would just scream all day and all night. So it sounds pleasant. And the mothers would try to help them by doing what people had to do in the 17th century, which is like, I don't know, put some milk on it. (laughs) So (laughs) they put some milk on there with some honey. Mm -hmm. And they noticed when they were rubbing all this stuff into their kids that uh, they noticed these coarse hairs, kind of fiber-like things sticking out of the skin. So being resourceful types of ladies, moms, they grabbed the tweezers that they were using to pull out their eyebrow hair, which apparently people were doing in the 17th century, which I didn't Uh, know. hmm. And uh, they pulled all the hairs out of their kids one by one. And apparently when they would pull all of these hairs out enough, the kids would stop crying and the itching would stop. I'm not going to lie. That sounds really satisfying. Yeah, you'd want that job. Yeah. I'd be so yeah. into doing Pulling that. Pulling out it one by one. Yeah. These like coarse hairs. Especially if I know that it was like helping. Yeah. yeah. I briefly thought about pulling out all of my beard hair so I never had to <laughs> shave again. That's not how that works, buddy. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. Well, yeah. If you get the, the, the whole gym jam when you pull it out. But I did want one of them. It was, it was so painful that I had to stop. <laughs> you, got, you got to one hair. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of hairs. You know how many people go through, like, hair <laughs> removal treatment? You got one hair out. <laughs> like, no, I'm good. Yeah, but I tweezed it. I didn't rub any, like, some bullshit on it. Milk. I did it the right way. Some milk. Did you try milk and honey? Did you put milk I, on I did. It? I pulled the hair out the way God intended. Yeah. So, anyway. 17th Please. century France. There's a British physician, which is a hard couple of words to say. British mm-hmm. physician. British physician. Sir Thomas Brown, who visited in the mid-1600s, and he wrote, I was going to try to do an accent. Maybe I can't. Do you want to read this, Josh? <laughs> do you want me to read it? Yeah. yeah. In your best oh, uh, Dr. Sir oh. Thomas Brown accent. This <clears throat> par- British guy. What a, this paragraph what a bonus. Here, yeah. Yeah, okay. Hairs uh. mm-hmm. which have most amused me have not been in the face and head, but on the back. With a capital B. And not in men, but children. As long as I observed in the endemial distemper of the little children in Languedoc, called the Morgellons, wherein they critically break out with harsh hairs on their backs, which take off the unquiet symptoms of the disease and delivers them from coughs and convulsions. So in non-old-timey speak, you pull the hair outs, the hair outs, you pull the hair outs, the kids stop crying. I really expected Josh to do a British accent and was surprised when he just didn't do an accent. I don't do accents. That's oh, okay. not my thing. Yeah. Even <laughs> when I am running D&D games, I don't really... I'll do weird voices, but yeah, accents... 
Mm, sorry. So fair enough. You may have noticed a word in that paragraph, Morgellons, which it turns out was just him mispronouncing some other word <laughs> that basically <laughs> meant itchiness. Okay, but uh, the lady was like, aha, that's my kid. He's got that same thing. I'm going to call it Morgellons. So she went on the internet and started a website called the Morgellons Research Foundation. And she started it as a forum. So basically putting all the symptoms out there. She had a chat room on the site and was basically putting the call out to people of like, do your kids have this? Do you have this? Let's talk about it. And it started off as really just, and you can actually go and see some of the old forums. It's just pictures and pictures and pictures of lesions and scars and sores and fibers and hairs and everyone sort of commiserating over this shared experience that they were having, which you imagine must have been a huge relief for people to be like, me too. I have the same thing. Totally. Mm. So they started a letter writing campaign because one thing they learned from the forum is that all of these people had tried to seek medical attention and it had all been written off as mental health issues because Mm. the doctors refused to believe that this was anything beyond a delusion. They were believing that all of the sores were self-inflicted, that the rash was just a rash or allergies. So in their frustration, a bunch of people from this website started a huge letter writing campaign to Congress And it actually worked. So in 2005, Congress asked for the CDC to formally investigate Morgellons to see if it was a real physical illness that people were having. So they took samples of skin and blood and interviewed over 100 people who were willing to work with the government. So that was the catch, right? So a lot of the people at this point had really written off the medical system, the government, with good reason, probably. Mm. They didn't trust in the CDC. Mm -hmm. And at the same time as this, the Mayo Clinic actually was running their own study as well. So we had both the CDC and the Mayo Clinic, which are two of the most, you know, sort of respected institutions about health and disease. So they both released their findings in 2012 that Both of them separately came to the conclusion that they could find no biological issue with people experiencing Morgellons. So no infectious agent, no environmental link. And they had actually tested all of these samples of the hairs and fibers that people had given and found them to be cotton or other materials that are used to make clothing. That are just getting stuck in your skin because you wear clothes all the time. Right. And just often, you know, if you think about if you have a sore, if if you have something very itchy and you're scratching it, kind of becomes an... Gets kind of weepy and oozy. Gets kind of weepy and oozy. And so stuff is going to stick to that. Can we not say weepy and oozy again? Weepy and oozy. Okay, thank you. Moist. Uh, Damp. No. Soggy? That one's okay. Just wet. Just... Just dripping. <laughs> Nasty. When you say wet, it's just S- weird. Sloppy. Sloppy. <laughs> You're no <Jinx>. creep. <laughs> oh, we share a brain. Two, two creeps. Anyway, please continue. Uh, sloppy wet lesions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um. Wow. The sad part of this, to get even grosser, is that in quite a few of the times, these fibers were actually nerve fibers. So oh. people who were itchy were were scratching down to the bone, essentially, and pulling some of your own juice and fibers out of yourself, which is really sad. So at that point, you think about how desperate you are to 
do anything to stop the itching and the pain that you're willing to to damage your skin that much. So the disorder most often it has a lot of symptoms that we can talk about, but the biggest one is that it results in formication. What is formication? It's that Red Hot Chili Pepper song. Oh, Californication. <laughs> Formication is the medical term for that feeling that you've got bugs under your skin. So like the oh. creepy crawlies or like the hoobajoobs, whatever you want to call it. It's that feeling. There's a medical term. Formication. Yeah. Interesting. Formication. So it is, a, is, a, is an actual. <laughs> Thank you. So is formication actual physical feeling or is it more of your brain playing tricks on you? It is a physical feeling. So if it wasn't, you wouldn't react so strongly to it. So whatever's the cause of formication, your body and your nerves truly are functioning as if something is is there. You have to scratch. So the itchiness, the pain, the tingling is real for people, no matter why it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's currently about 20,000 people that have self-identified as living with Morgellons. And those are just the ones that have come forward. I imagine there's actually probably quite a few more. Yeah. It's predominantly women in a sample they did. It was about 83% women, which is pretty high for a disorder and predominantly yeah. white as well. Almost mm-hmm. as high of a percentage of people identify as white. Was there any information in that on like how it was divided by class lines? No, which I would have been really interested to know about. Yeah. But no, that was just race and gender okay. for the most part. And that's our history lesson on Morgellons. Hmm. So now we can get into symptoms and causes. Hmm. So some okay. common symptoms are what we talk about. You get these these fibers. So they're they're described as fibers, threads, strings, hair. I've heard them described almost as like looking like spider they're webbed, hairs. Kind they're of. kind of connected like meshed Mm. together and it's in and on the skin. So people describe it as you're actually pulling it out of your skin, which is very distressing to think about. So besides that, you have skin rashes or sores that can cause intense itching. And often the sores are due to the itching because it itches so severely that you're scratching it and giving yourself sores. Um, The crawling sensations on and under the skin, which people often describe as insects moving inside your skin. Which is horrible. Mm. Yeah. No, I hate this. That's that formication. Californication. Californication. Uh, people also describe severe fatigue, difficulty concentrating, and short-term memory loss. So kind of like a brain fog. Hmm. So do I have this? Because <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I have a really itchy... I'm having an itchy winter. Yeah. Well, I think it's a little more severe than the itchy winter skin. You and I, the dry I have legs difficulty concentrating and a lot of short-term memory loss, that's too. Your, that's your brain. My ribs and my brains. And you have all those fibers hanging out of your skin. I do, man. Yeah. So uh, one other way it's connected to things that you've been talking about is that there are some common beliefs about the causes of Morgellons that have been shared by people living with Morgellons. So one of the most popular is that people believe it's diet. So from eating things like genetically modified foods, that's a common suspect. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Which... Josh has struck a nerve in Josh. Yes. Um, Another belief is chemtrails. So, you know, chemicals in the air that are poisonous metals. People describe how the dust that you see in your house is actually chemicals. You know, we're just being told it's dust. Because dust definitely didn't exist prior to airplanes. Great, sure. Chemtrails. 
It's all chemtrails. People think that the fibers are plastic, minerals, chemicals from the environment that we're drinking and eating, and then they're coming out of the skin, that we're all being poisoned. Biological warfare kind of ties into that. People think that we're being purposefully poisoned in this way. Nanotechnology, it's some robots in there. Mm -hmm. And extraterrestrial life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the fibers are extraterrestrial life? Yes. Well, they're extraterrestrial in nature. There's, did you come across, um, I've seen in the past people refer to things called morgons. Mm -hmm. Did you find those? Yes. Okay. Which are tiny little arthropods that are, that people believe they find in the skin. So like little bugs. Mm -hmm. People also think that they find um, like crystals in their skin too, that are extraterrestrial in nature. Mm -hmm. So like colorful crystals. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of these people claim that the fibers that they find aren't animal, vegetable, or mineral mm-hmm. at all. Like something else. Yeah. Are we talking like a like a large crystal? No. I think small crystals. I think small crystals. Okay. Not like, oh, I got something. Ooh. It's like a giant, like, ruby. <laughs> I mean, that'd be kind of sweet. Yeah. I'd probably sell that. I'd like to think this is all like sleight of hand stuff. <laughs> like, uh. Now it's a ruby. Magic. Yeah, I just did a magic face. I pulled my the Morgellons ruby out disease. of my flesh. <laughs> my Morgellons mm-hmm. disease allows me to remove my thumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ooh. there's a quarter behind my ear because it's dirty. Mm-hmm. That's magic. Anyway, so with the biological warfare mm-hmm. is the thought that some other country is poisoning us or our own country? Ooh, both. It depends yeah. Ooh, on, you know, okay. some people believe it's other countries. Some people believe it's our own country to, you know, keep us heavily medicated. Yeah. And that, you know, there's that idea that's shared among people living with Morgellons that is shared with a lot of other experiences you've talked about where people believe that, like, they're the only ones that see the truth, you know? Yeah. Right. Which, yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of overlap here with the gang stalking thing yes. that we were talking about the last couple of episodes mm-hmm. in that a lot of, I mean, you, you can find... In, like, when I was looking at a lot of the gang stalking stuff, like, Morgellons did pop up from time to time because they felt that it's something that the government is doing to them, you know, like mm-hmm. a, a way of mind control or various things, like, way of changing the, the, the matrix of a human being or something. The matrix. The matrix. Are we in the matrix? Take the pill. People do believe that Morgellons, speaking of the extraterrestrial life thing, is that it's a way of terraforming our planet to change life to make conditions more favorable for an invading alien race. They're getting us ready. Makes sense. It all makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm into it so far. I think I got more gallons. Go ahead. Good. One of us. Uh, so some suggested treatments by the community that I came across. So there's a lot of sort of protocol that people had have had to put together themselves to treat this because it is still not recognized as a medical condition. So there's no recommended treatment or medication or anything like that. Well, so other than psychiatric help. Yes. Is the thing yeah. That they so offer. people are always referred to psychiatric help, which 99% of the time they will immediately run away and become lost to care at that point. Which mm-hmm. is exactly like the gang stalking thing. It's- yeah. So people uh, within the community recommend changing your diet. So again, avoiding GMO foods, foods that cause allergic reactions, something about eating more alkaline foods, and putting ozone in your water. Oh, Jesus which is, a, 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 I guess it's a thing Yeah, that uh-huh. you can do. Uh, Look, I'm doing it now. Yeah. Are you just farting in your water? <laughs> My pack of ozone. 
Wasn't Ozone one of the uh, breakdancers in Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo? Maybe. I don't know why Maybe. I asked you guys that yeah. as a question. I know the answer you is know absolutely it's yes. Because yes, I've seen that movie a bunch of times. I yes. thought he was one of the dudes in, in the film The Running Man that Arnold Schwarzenegger fought. Uh, I, I could, could be wrong, be. though. Sub-Zero, Dynamo, Captain Freedom. I've seen that movie a bunch, too. So anyway. Anyway. <laughs> they also recommend a lot of cleanses. So we're talking colon cleanses, kidney cleanses coffee enemas, which maybe is the thing that Meatloaf wouldn't do. Mmm. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's butt stuff. It's his special lady. It's like You need to loaf. put coffee in come your on. butt. You gotta loaf. do this with me. Listen, Loaf. Come on, come lay on yeah, the bathroom please. floor with me. We're gonna put coffee up our butts. Uh, Non-GMO meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> Something called an ionic foot bath, which is listed it's... as cellular cleanse therapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put your feet you know how you in get in there and clean your cells? Mm-hmm. To treat your lesions, they recommend a mix of tea tree oil, white vinegar, and full-fat mayonnaise. Which, uh, you know, if you put some potatoes in there, got yourself a little a nice minty little, mm. potato salad. Mm. Sounds mm. delicious. Oh. Lesion potato salad. Mm. <laughs> oh, why'd you ruin it? That's what it I do. I'm getting hungry and now I'm sick. It's, it's my job. It's my gross corner. They recommend homeopathic medicine, which I have to go <sighs> at because that's uh-huh. one of my things. I I feel like we might need to do an episode on homeopathic medicine. If you do, medicine. please let me come on here okay. because I have a lot of feelings about homeopathic medicine. Maybe we should have a, a, a special guest episode where you and Amber oh, are man. on. Hi, yeah. Amber. My friend Amber, who has listened to all of the podcasts in the past like week or two. Oh. So She has oh, geez, well, yeah, she, a lot more feelings than I do, even, about homeopathic yeah. medicine. And Jamie and I talk about how much we hate homeopathic medicine mm-hmm. here in the house often. So Put same on same. When I was a kid, um, my uh, grandfather had just uh, recently gotten a couple of those um, natural home remedies. Do you remember they were putting out those books like when I was, we were like 10? It was a long time ago. Yeah. So I had an earache, and my aunt was like, oh, here's what, you know what? Take this onion, and you put it in this bag, in this little plastic sandwich bag. You hold it up to your ear and go to sleep. I was like, all right. I woke up. I smelled like a fucking hoagie uh, <laughs> a sub sandwich for you Seattle people. A, a hero hey, sandwich. Hey, oh, a hero. I smelled, like, I smelled like a hero, and I had an earache. So that didn't work very well. Put an Thanks. onion in a plastic bag. Yeah, here's an, here's a fucking first of all, like I mean, second of all, or whatever. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? Why would you give, give a kid an onion and tell him to go to bed on it? So similarly to that, people recommend like eight hundred thousand different types of supplements, minerals, ionic devices, reflective blankets, cleaning formulas, essential oils, detox programs. Something where you pay someone to take your blood out, and then they put ozone in your blood, and then they put your blood back in you, and on and on. And it's frustrating because, like, I understand. When there isn't medical treatment recommended that you've got to find things that make you feel better. But yeah. it just upsets me because I think of how much money people are making off of this. It's Oh, sure. Yeah, it's enraging. And I, I think the thing is, we should say here that, again, like we were saying with gang stalking, I, like, I, I feel a lot of anger about some of this stuff. But more the people who are profiting off of this, who yes. are like predatory and pushing this stuff in order to sell 
ozone treatments or colloidal silver to rub on shit you know like the people that are going through it it's different and it's you know like we talked about with gang stalking last week i don't believe that this is a an actual disease that's affecting these people but i believe that they believe it so therefore Mm -hmm. there's there's something you know you have to approach it from that angle so i I don't you know i want to say i don't i'm not i don't want to be dismissive of that i want to be mad at the people selling the ozone treatments. Yeah, I feel the right. same way. I have a lot of, I mean, I have a lot of compassion. I just feel so sad thinking about existing with feeling like so itchy that you're scratching down and getting your nerve fibers. Mm, like that yeah. sounds awful. And if any of this works for anyone, then by all means, please do it. But I know that there are people out there that specifically market these kind of treatments to people who are feeling hopeless and lost. And oh, that makes me angry. Yeah. I mean, if you just Google Morgellons, like half the things you'll come up with people are selling people selling things. Mm-hmm. And that fucking sucks. You know, yeah. like Ugh. that's shitty. Yep. So people also recommend following Lyme disease protocol, which is actually connected. And there's been some recent information about this, that there's a doctor named Ray Stricker, who's a Lyme disease specialist in California. Lyme disease also is not chronic Lyme disease is not recognized by the CDC. So acute Lyme disease and chronic Lyme disease are a little different. But he noted similarities between Morgellons and this skin condition that cows get called bovine digital dermatitis, which is my band name. When they took samples from afflicted cows and humans with Morgellons, they found that they had almost the same type of bacteria. And Mm -hmm. in people, it's the bacteria that causes Lyme disease. So people with Morgellons have this bacteria that's linked somehow to chronic Lyme disease. And it is called Borrelia burgdorferi. I think you made those up, but I'll just let you get away with it this time. So this doctor believes that Morgellons fibers are just your body reacting to to Lyme disease. So if you treat the underlying Lyme infection, you can make your body stop making the fibers, everything settles down, blah, blah, blah. So just interesting because Lyme disease also similarly not recognized as an actual medical disorder, but a lot of the same, yes, a lot of the same symptoms, that kind of brain fog, fatigue, that sort of stuff. Acute Lyme disease is recognized. Yeah, you know, the tick bites in and stuff happens, but chronic is different. Yeah, typically, I mean, people get rid of Lyme disease. Yeah. Yeah. Our boy Jim. What's up, Jim? Mm -hmm. He had had Lyme disease. (laughs) So shout out to Lyme disease. <laughs> so bring it in into pop culture because you you know I have to do that too. Another thing I have a lot of feelings about. The most famous person with Morgellons is Joni Mitchell. So mm. in 2010, she did an interview with the LA Times where she said, I have this weird incurable disease that seems like it's from outer space. Fibers in a variety of colors protrude out of my skin like mushrooms after a rainstorm. You could tell she's a songwriter. Oh, yeah. You know, just poetry. They cannot be forensically identified as animal, vegetable, or mineral. Morgellons is a slow, unpredictable killer, a terrorist disease. It will blow up one of your organs, leaving you in bed for a year. In America, the Morgellons is always diagnosed as delusion of parasites, and they send you to a psychiatrist. I'm actually trying to get out of the music business to battle for Morgellons sufferers to receive the credibility that's owed to them. Hmm. And I guess it was also on an episode of Criminal Minds, but I don't know anything about that show. Yeah. Again, shout out to Jim and Ryan. Does Jim watch Criminal Minds? Yeah. Wow. Hi, Jim. He talks about it all the time. Double Jim. There's a guy that people on the internet like that has, like, wow. his last name's, like, Bo- Bo- Booger? Goober? 
Uh, That's all I know. Bergdorferi? Bergdorferi. Borrelia Bergdorferi. <laughs> yes. It's bovine dermatitis, the star of criminal minds. Also, uh, I just really wanted to get in my really good Joni Mitchell joke. Which is that song that I really like of hers, which is they tore down heaven and put up uh, fibers in a variety of colors protruding out of my skin like mushrooms after a rainstorm. Wow. I'm glad we all paused for that. <laughs> I had wow, to circle wow. back for that. Thank you. Wowie, wow, wow. <laughs> I wanted you to sing it in Joni Mitchell voice, though. That would have made it better. They tore down heaven and put up fibers in a variety of colors protruding out of my skin like mushrooms after a rainstorm. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you <laughs> my girl mitch <sighs> my girl mitch. No, no nope nobody calls me that Mm-mm. i do that's we're friends um so i thought maybe we could have like a fun section that cool kids would really be into that's like connecting it to the dsm mm. which dennis and wanna- i will appreciate because we're both in social services do you want to explain to the audience what the dsm is no Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Do you want to? I'll take this one. Okay. No, it's the so it's the Diagnostic and Statistics Manual, and it, it's basically where it, to officially get a diagnosis for insurance purposes, a mental health diagnosis, it has to come from the Diagnostics and Statistics Manual. Mm-hmm. Good job. And now they're up to five. They are up to five in the. In the DSM-3, homosexuality was considered a mental yeah. disorder. So we've come so far yeah. since then. Yeah, but not really. Noting. There's still yeah. a lot that's questionable. If you ever want to have right. an episode about, like, problematizing the DSM, let me know. That would be really fun <laughs> that's, for your audience. Uh, uh, that doesn't sound funny. I have a lot of issues with it. But hmm. it is a way to have a shared language between those of us in the mental health field and, you right. know, medical doctors. It basically gives us a way to talk to each other. And it guides treatment, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So um, Morgellons is connected to the DSM because it is considered in the DSM to be a mass psychogenic illness, which is interesting, which are basically the translation of that to the way that regular people talk is that it's a bunch of symptoms with no organic cause. And so DSM talks about this under conversion disorders, which is interesting. Mm. And it's also, which I think is really interesting, considered to be a culture-bound syndrome, which is a category in the DSM. So this is a combination of psychiatric and somatic symptoms, so mind and body, that are considered to be a recognizable disease only within a specific society or culture. So to me, this is really interesting because they have a list of culture-bound syndromes, and they're all like a specific race in a specific location. So like a certain tribe Mm -hmm. on a certain island will experience this sort of shared fainting syndrome or something like that, where it's this mind and body stuff. And this is really the only example where the culture, the shared culture is the internet, Hmm. which is very just endlessly interesting to me. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm sure that's only the first of many that will yes. come down the line. Yeah, and gang stalking, similarly, I think would not right. exist uh, if we didn't have the internet. Yeah, for sure. Oh, totally. So And dragons fucking cars. Yes, which is a blessing. And getting jerked off into a bowl by Amazonian gray alien women with goth hair. Yeah, I don't know, that was a that, painting. N- no, that was a Do you need the internet for that? that? I will not show you my bookmarks, then. Okay, well... <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't joke. Comedy podcast. Yeah, Welcome to comedy podcast. Thinking of your Google search would be like alien bold jerk off tall. 
Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> Everybody likes a tall boob. Anyway. <laughs> so if I were going to make suggestions or kind of talk, kind of summarize my feelings about this, is that Morgellons is interesting because it's always self-diagnosed. So you're never going to get diagnosed by a psychiatrist or by a doctor because if they diagnose you with anything, it's with anxiety or with this delusional parasitosis or OCD or, or a similar kind of mental I, health issue. Caveat, at least a reputable doctor. Yes, or, yes. You could yeah. find a doctor that would diagnose you with Morgellons, doctor internet. But not somebody who deals with evidence-based medicine right, or yeah. treatment. So it's, it's hard because people who find this syndrome. They, they get on the internet, they start Googling, they're already often coming from a place of not trusting the medical system or the psychiatric community, which I is completely justified a lot mm -hmm. of the time. Medicine has a real need to split things between a medical issue or a psychiatric issue and to give more weight or more credibility to things if they're seen as like a physical illness as opposed to a mental health issue. So I think that's sad. People have a lot of stigma around mental health. So that's part of the reason mm -hmm. that when someone comes to you with this thing that they're experiencing and your first thing is to send them for a psyche eval, you'll often lose them at that point mm -hmm. because right. they have all that stigma. They don't want to think of what they're experiencing as a mental health issue because it just reinforces that idea that like the world thinks that they're, yeah, you know, that they're not like a good narrator of their own experience, which is real all any person wants to be, you know, yeah, like, of course, of everybody course. wants to be seen as like, I know my own experience. I know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. This is real to me. Um, and take it seriously. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, yeah. and I mean, mental illness is characterized in our society as like, you're a, a crazy straitjacket person, you know, when it, that's not right, how it manifests right. itself most of the time. Yeah. And I think, you know, that there are certain things that happen, like there are, is a link between dermotillomania, which is basically what they call uh, obsessive skin picking. And you see that a lot with people who have obsessive compulsive disorder or certain anxiety disorders. And that is tied in with this a lot. But again, it's not the only experience that people are having with this. And I just wish, you know, people come in and they want a medical treatment. And so I just wish there was a way that a doctor could sort of treat the person's symptoms or treat their experience in a way that feels validating for them. Like, we talk a lot in my work about not, you know, if someone's experiencing delusions, not to do like reality testing. Like you don't like, oh, totally. you don't push that. You're kind of in it with them and treating their experience as like very valid and okay. Like, you know, I, I just wish that medical doctors were more inclined to do that as well. And we talked about this in the Love and Saucers episode, which is like, you know, I, I was saying that I was looking at reviews of the documentary. And people were like, well, they never they never try to figure out if what he was if he was telling the truth. It's like it doesn't it doesn't matter. What's that going to what's that going to prove? Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's true for him. Yeah. And it was the exploration of his yeah. beliefs and then, you know, his his experience. Right. And I, I also have to point out that Morgellons is predominantly experienced by women. And we have like a long, long, long history of discrediting women's experience with pain and jumping mm -hmm. to di mental health diagnoses like hysteria, things like that. And we often like over diagnose women's mental health issues as well. So both sure. like borderline personality disorder, bipolar disorder, we leap to that when women are often just experiencing pain or going through something emotional. So that there is a connection 
between that as well. And unfortunately, until someone pays for me to go back to school and get my PhD and study this, I can't like prove it, but I am pretty positive there's a really strong link between Morgellons and having a history of trauma and mm. sort of, you know what I mean? It's again with gang stalking, Absolutely. I think similar, similar and situation as well. And alien abductions yeah, and alien things abduction like that. Stuff. Like people who've had these traumatic experiences having it manifest in this way of, again, wanting to feel like there's a reason for why you feel how you feel. Like there's yeah. an actual diagnosis, something that you can hang on to. Yeah. And lacking any kind of like language to use to, to describe that or any sort of reference to, to yeah. get to that trauma. Yeah. It's projected onto this thing instead. Right. I mean, it just mm. people just want to be seen. Yeah. Everybody just wants to be seen and acknowledged and credited as a reliable narrator of like whatever they're going through. Yeah. That's all people want. Which is fair. I, th I think yeah. that's a reasonable thing to want. So uh, that's more Gellens. And I can wrap up by saying, like, if any one of you Best Friend Simulator maniacs out there is, like, independently wealthy and wants to pay for me to get my PhD in Morgellons and other, like, culture-based illnesses where the culture is mm -hmm. the internet, just, like, hit Josh and Dennis up. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we appreciated this conversation, but... Josh and I will be the only ones who make cash grabs on this show. Okay? Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. You get your own. You get your own podcast if you want to grovel to the audience. Okay. Uh, well, if, if they send Jamie money, I'll see money too. That's so, true. Uh, so we're yeah. for both of us. Warby Parker, you want to sponsor us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pull in. Is that a sponsorship we're looking for? Yeah. Pulling hairs out of your glasses. Yeah. It's Warby Parker. Yeah. Oh, there you go. They catch your Magellans for you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just to take it back, so our, our friend Dr. Brown, which Josh did a beautiful impression of from the mid-17th oh, century, thank you, thank who you. got really mm -hmm. excited about little kid backs and wrote all the word back with capital B. So it was discovered pretty soon after his letter that the coarse hairs that the moms were pulling out one by one from the children were probably the bristly legs of the Sarcoptes scabii, also known as itch mites. Okay. So uh, mom's just pulling endless itch mites out of their children's backs one at a time. And Not just hairs. That's for vacation. <laughs> oh, California. And you might be feeling it right now. Thinking about someone pulling itch mites out of you. Pulling itch this mites out of Anthony Kiedis. Mm -hmm. I would say star jelly coming in at a, at a at a close second. This is definitely the grossest topic we've ever talked about on yes. this podcast. I'm yeah. the winner. Especially the part where people scratch their arms so deep that they're just pulling out their nerve fibers. And then the recommended treatment is to put mayonnaise on it. And potatoes. Just slap some mayonnaise on there. Potatoes. A little bit of parsley. Oh. <laughs> A little fresh dill. Now, now Dennis, Ooh. I added something hmm? to the notes here. Boy. The Amazon link, if you just want to take a look at that. A book that I did not get, but I still might get it and read it. Please use the cover art. <laughs> as the like Instagram picture for this. It's a book called oh. Morgellons, Level 5 Plague of the New World Order. And it has oh, uh, the, the, the Misfits mascot, the Crimson Ghost, on it. <laughs> but making kind of an, an expression I could only describe as like, eh? Hey, what's eh. up? Eh. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> yep, definitely. So there's the cover art for you. The subtitle or the flavor text is doctors say it's all on their heads, but the victims know it's horrifyingly real. Mm -hmm. it's oh, it's by Commander X. Yes. Who? Yeah, Commander X is actually a few things. 
Yeah. Excuse I, me, let me look at his author list. Thank you very much. I have read... Oh, yeah, he did the introduction to the Dulce Wars, or the Dulce Wars, Dulce, Dulce mm. Wars book that I read a little while ago. Uh-huh. Yeah, Commander X has a little bit of... Uh, he, he dips into a little bit of everything. He's got mm. Dulce Wars... Uh, Tesla. Tesla, Philadelphia Mind Controlled Sex Slaves, and the CIA. Yeah. Hot, hot, hot. Underground alien bases. Yep. Nice. Wow. Yeah, so Commander X is really... Can you have Commander X on the show? I, you know, if I could get Commander X to come out of hiding. Can we get Terminator X on the show? (laughs) He's definitely passed away. Oh. Can we get Project X on the show? I don't really know if he is dead or not. Straight Edge Revenge? Ah, a little Straight Edge Revenge? I I thought you meant Matthew Broderick. (laughs) No. Anyway, Jamie, thank you so much for, for bringing us this topic. Now we're all be, we'll all be scratching our ways through the rest of the evening. Enjoy that formication, y'all. I oh, have been man. scratching all day because my ribs are real itchy, so I'm going to start looking for fibers. Oh, boy. Well, hey, send me a picture when you find a fiber and I'll post it. Sorry oh. I gave everyone more gallons. <laughs> <laughs> you're, the, you're the internet. Oh. <gasps> Bum, bum, bum. And I just really quick want to throw in GMOs are fine, people. <laughs> it, don't worry about it. And don't stop taking homeopathic medicine, please. It's not medicine. Homeopathic it's not medicine. Treatments. The whole industry is a fucking ripoff. They're just taking your money. I'll be back. I gotta go put an onion on my ear. <laughs> I gotta go make an ear hoagie. I gotta make some potato salad in yeah, my Yeah, I was wounds. gonna say, put some mayonnaise in there, too. <laughs> uh, hey, Josh. Hey, Dennis. And Jamie. Hey, Dennis. Hey, what? Wait, I thought that's what I was supposed to say. Hey, Dennis. Hey, Jamie. Hey, Josh. What's happening? Who's on first? Hey, Dennis. Hey, Jamie. Hey, what? Thank you for being on the show. Hey. Yeah, thanks a lot. I'm thankful. We'll have you back again soon. Hey, I like you guys. Thanks a lot. Hey, thanks. We like you. Hey, Jamie. Hey, Dennis. That's all the time we have. Oh, I ruined it. For this conversation and phone call. Hey, Dennis. podcast. I think what? that's all the time we have for this call. Oh, boy. It's the What's classic. Happening? Bye. Just fell bye. apart here. Bye. I'm, I'm Say out. bye, Jamie. Bye, bye Jamie. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Best Friend Simulator. Send us an email at joshanddennis at gmail.com. That's Dennis with one N. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Friend Simulator. And thanks to Alan for the theme music. Listen to his podcast, Werewolf Ambulance, and Marveling at Marvel's Marvels. Also, thanks to Justin for the artwork. See more of his stuff at burntobuild.com. That's all the time we have for this outro. Bye. Bye.